0: (laughs) Despite the name, it is another New Girl podcast. (laughs) This time, with your faves, Ellie Kniff. And Hannah Skimbalone. I know we'll never measure up to New Girl Old Man, but... (laughs) (laughs) Darn it if we can't try. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I listened to an episode of that, so I don't know if it's good or not. I'm sorry if it is, but just the title alone made me reserve a lot of judgment. (laughs) i listened to a couple episodes. Ours will surpass New Girl.
1: <laughs> Alright, well... you
0: really have to assert your podcast energy is to just come out and just take down the competition in the first, like, back and forth. Other New Girl podcasts are nothing like this one. None of them are two white women talking about New Girl. Certainly not. <laughs> but we like to have fun, so we're gonna do it anyway. We do. Oh, and... We hope you like to have fun, too, because we, we, we think everyone could use some right about now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hannah, what have been some of your craziest roommate experiences? Oh, see, when I think about this, I think that I might be the crazy roommate, <laughs> especially at the first college house that I lived in. I was definitely uh, an attic dweller. <laughs> In every in every uh, sense of the word, my favorite roommate experience was having Julia across the hall (laughs) because we could like we could you could just like go and knock on the door and just like be ready for adventure or like whatever it would be. I had some interesting roommates at my internships. My uh, Seattle roommates wanted me to move out. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) I think the one girl just thought I was weird because by the end of the summer she was cool with me. But she was like, I oh, just thought you wore a lot of black and you didn't smile. And I was like, well, not a lot going on. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> I was busy, Emma. I had to teach kids to sing. <laughs> I think my best roommate experience, though, was living two floors above one Ellie Kniff. Oh, stop that. Possibly because living two floors above Ellie Kniff. <laughs> Uh, I miss go- I miss being able to just go downstairs and hang out with you. Holy shit! Now you live across the country, and it's <laughs> so sad. I know. I I feel like I was a crazy roommate in that situation because I remember, like the first no. semester, I was like having a mental breakdown every night in your bedroom. <laughs> okay, no, that's not crazy roommate material. Crazy roommate is like pans rusting through in the sink. Stealing your food, crazy roommates. Crazy roommates is not, you know, being there for each other in the manner that friends might be. <laughs> you were definitely not the crazy roommate at house. Uh, I'll tell you where I was the crazy roommate, though. My first living situation in Portland. <laughs> oh, <good>. um, <laughs> I lived with this, like, old woman um, and her adult son. Like, he was, like, in his 30s. It was just very strange. They were very I know the kind. Was there too. Yeah, he lived in the basement. He was like, he worked for the state, like something for the state of Oregon, but I don't really know. It was, it was weird. They were very nice, but Pacific Northwest passive <laughs> aggression <laughs> is real. <laughs> It is. <laughs> I, I remember her making a comment one time about, like, me not doing my dishes right away or something, but, like, kind of in a nice way, and I was like, oh, do you are you telling me to do the dishes more, or are you just making, like, it's so weird. Just making a comment. <laughs> yeah, Seattle was just kind of like, yeah, whatever's cool with you, the whole time. <laughs> oh, man, I definitely never lived in in a In as a tight-knit roommate situation as they end up being in a new girl, that's for sure. I had, like, individual roommates that I was, like, very bonded with, like you and Julia. And now I live with my partner, so it's, like, kind of a different roommate situation. But (laughs) it wasn't ever, like, a group of, like, solid four, you know? Mm. Like, that it is, like, in, in... this show that i'm watching for the first time with you (laughs) yeah my my roommate now and i are sort of like getting to this level like it's just the two of us but it's gotten to the point where like i think because of covid and because neither of us are really leaving except for work and stuff that like i'm like singing john denver in the other room and she's like ellie shut up but also i love you (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, though. You gotta have somebody to keep you sane. So in Seattle, I had three roommates, and only one was, like, a summer person like me. And so she was also a theater intern. And so it was kind of like that with her. We were just kind of, like, obligatory. uh, Like, hung out with each other at all times. (laughs) Because we didn't know anybody else from Philly. I was from nowhere, so... (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like in New Girl, how it starts off as, like, obligatory. They're like, oh, okay, like, I guess we should, like, hang out with Jess, but, like, by now, Erin and I will be, like, in the living room, like, singing Hillary Duff and, like, drinking wine and, like, doing weird shit, like, all day long. I, like, don't know what to do when she's not home. <laughs> but then she she would definitely come to save you if you were stood up at a restaurant. <laughs> she would. Hours. I know that she would. Uh, I forgot that that was, like, the first episode, because I, I have seen... So, disclaimer for those listening, this is a... <laughs> quote-unquote first watch through for me i have seen the first season before when i was in high school so this was the first season is a little bit of a walk down memory lane for me but i had forgotten that that whole restaurant bit was in the very first episode what a good intro to a relationship like (laughs) yeah it's just that like immediate friendship chemistry where they're like you know what this seems like the kind of person who i should do this for like I don't know what they mean to me now, but I feel like they're going to mean something to me later, so I should do this for them. I feel like there are people, and I think a lot of the people in our friend group are like this, where, where you you kind of know about them right away, you know? Mm. Like, you meet them and you, you just know there's something about them that you're either going to click with, or there's something about them that you're going to come to care for, or you're going to, like, want to defend, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like... you you get like certain impulses about people like nobody that I've worked with I've had this impulse about except one person and to this day it's like we're still friends and it's I think it speaks to the uh quality of the human instinct yeah just about like people you feel like you might vibe with I don't know it's that found family thing is like the most important are one of the most important, like, things that lend to quality of life for people our age. So I feel like if you have an instinct for the people who are going to be your, your friend group, or your solid, like, found family, then that's something that you really want to, like, pursue. Mm. That's such a good observation. I've never thought about it like that, that you just kind of, like, into it. Something and someone. Gives me chills. Makes except, me emo. <laughs> except Micah. Micah and I, the first few times we, we met, I don't think we understood each other. <laughs> well, Micah refused to be my valentine because he's he wants LeBron James to be his valentine. Um, well, how rude of him. Yeah, LeBron looks better in shorts than I do. That's a, the issue. Well, I can't argue about... <laughs> how good LeBron looks in shorts I I would have to see a picture of you in shorts to compare but it seems like comparing apples to oranges like that seems like two different things two very sexy people (laughs) in shorts I know (laughs) I also feel like it's unfair to compare anyone to LeBron James (laughs) (laughs) I don't I think everyone should be holding themselves to the standard that LeBron James sets I mean, it, wasn't he one of the, like, founding tenements of Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours theory? I yeah. Mean, it's quite literally a standard, so. <laughs> we can cut this part out. I'm pretty sure my upstairs neighbors have one of those, like, rowing machines. Like, you know, that you, like, pu- pull yourself, yeah. like, because I can hear them. And it's all in one spot, and it sounds like somebody on a track. If you hear a weird sound, it's it's my upstairs neighbor using a rowing machine. Well, we live under a family, so if you hear children oh. running and jumping, as I often do at six a.m., then oh god, it's the children. They're very sweet. They're very cute. It was one of their birthdays today. That's so sweet. Yeah, they're really cute. <laughs> Should we start talking about the episodes? I think so. You are the new girl expert, I so am. I will defer to you in this conversation. <laughs> I So, for, for those listening, the, um, the whole crux of this podcast is that Ellie has seen new girl probably more than, <laughs> she's seen new girl quite a bit. <laughs> more than any living I, person needed to. <laughs> it's it's like how the office was the internet's comfort show forever this new girl was ellie's comfort show i on the other hand saw the first season in high school and didn't see it again so i am re-experiencing it for the first time with the guidance of my good friend ellie which i'm very excited to do (laughs) because you're gonna love every minute of it Um. um so i already love every minute of it winston Austin's my guy. God, Lamorne <laughs> Morris. He is so funny. And also my celebrity crush, but <laughs> we don't have to talk about that yet. <laughs> we can get into to celebrity crushes. I'll definitely mention it every episode. <laughs> I'll definitely mention how hot Hannah Simone is in every episode, too. So it's... <laughs> I Yeah, I, I kind of have a crush on, like, every single one of these these people. How- how her how are her eyes so round and then, like it's just no one no one should be that pretty. It's <laughs> Uh so what do you think of the first episode? Oh man, the first episode. Well, so I'm familiar with the characters from like watching the first season, so it was funny to see like their origins again, like rewatching the first episode. Like I wish the douchebag jar had stuck around. <laughs> I feel like that's something that all of the characters could have benefited from at some point, including Jess. <laughs> that seems like something that we might want to institute among our friends. <laughs> I feel like I would have to use it the most. <laughs> maybe it's not douchebag, maybe it's just like the groan- or I don't know, where we're just groaning at whatever <laughs> with the other person is. No, it would be like a pretension jar. Like yeah. like that drinking game we played- Uh, listeners, get ready. We used to play this drinking game where we would like pick- a tick that like our friends had and like every time hannah like said something about like nirvana we had to like take a shot or something for me it was every time i looked at my phone i think oh (laughs) that's that's weird that was one of them the one time we played (laughs) but it was like every time henry mentioned something about the cinematography of whatever movie we're watching so i feel like we would have like a pretension jar (laughs) Unfortunately, would all be very tailored to who we were. Yeah. Oh, but we... the the concept of penalizing somebody on the tenements of their personality <laughs> is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> like, god, and they do it so much in New Girl. I just think it's so funny. They do. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know the first the first ep- episode. It really struck me how different of a character Schmidt was than like. Who he ends up being, even by the end of the first season, I feel like I, they kind of toned down his douchebagness a little bit. <laughs> At least that's the impression I got. I'm still on the cusp of season two officially, but uh, I don't know. It was it was cool to see like the origins of like the ki- like who they like. I feel like all sitcoms have that sort of like aspect. I think the actual term was named after The Simpsons. It was called like. Flandersism, or, like, the Flanders effect, wherein somebody starts as an actual character, and then they devolve into, like, a stereotype. Ah, interesting. I feel like it's the opposite, where they, like, kind of all started as stereotypes, and then they sort of devolved into, like, their own separate, like, more complex characters, which I really enjoyed. So I liked going back to the um, first episode to really revisit, like, probably two to three sentence pitch for each character that they all started as, and, like, trying to guess who they would come, like, turn turn into eventually yeah oh it's so true i feel like it's well winston isn't in the first episode but i feel like it's especially true for schmidt and winston that like schmidt's like in the first episode like, one of my favorite parts is when he like takes off his shirt and he goes this is lls ladies love schmidt <laughs> <laughs> like so stupid and it's like oh my god like he might do something equally douchey in like another episode down the line but like it never is at that point again but i think it's so funny and immediately <laughs> coach is like jar <laughs> one thing that i've like thought about as i've been re-watching it, it was sort of like in this moment in time is like schmidt's like very problematic um like a lot there's there's an episode later on that I rewatched recently with Aaron my roommate who has never seen New Girl at all before and I was like oh my god this is like so cringy like I had to be like this is my favorite show but like I don't condone this behavior this is bad um but I I enjoy the fact that they have a built-in response for like Schmidt acting like that that it's always like his friends are calling him out put a dollar in the jar stupid like stop being an asshole It's, it kind of sets up from the very beginning that, like, his behavior is going to be, like, outlandish and, like, can be problematic and can be, like, you know, outside of, like, what we think the straight, how the straight man should act in the show. And and they, they've given us an out. And how to dismiss his behavior. It's kind of like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, how they sort of give us, like, an excuse to just, like, enjoy the characters being horrible. It's like, (laughs) we can enjoy Schmidt being a douche because, like, the other characters are also like, I don't know, I guess not like that. But then they are, too. Like, I think that's what makes it the most complex is that they all have their, like, douchebag moments in these first few episodes, I feel like. I mean, still still on episode one. One of my favorite moments from that episode is the the conversation between Coach and Jess in her bedroom where he's like, I don't know how to talk to women. And he, like, smashes her face on accident. And then it's like, he, like, says, like, people say I'm, like, too aggressive or something. And it flashes to, like, him teaching a spin class. And he's, like, yelling at this woman. He's like, I'm trying to help you. I'm not being mean. i to help. And I feel like I feel like that's definitely a, a douchebag moment. <laughs> he just has yeah. no idea, <laughs> but it's very funny. Curses! What personality this just like? <laughs> I I don't know how to be other than this like specific strain of excellence. <laughs> like, yeah, God, it reminds me so much of like conversations I have with my brother or like my brother's friends that are just like, "Oh, you really are like." like don't understand yeah you just don't understand it's very sweet I think it's adorable you have an older brother I have a younger brother and I I sometimes feel that way about my younger brother but then sometimes like today I was talking to my mom and my mom was like oh yeah your brother has a 24-hour shift today as an EMT I was like what (laughs) what So my brother's doing more with his life than I had initially given him credit for. <laughs> Captain Von Trapp is an EMT. Captain Von Trapp is an EMT with the Mansfield Fire Department. <laughs> yes. He is. Oh my God! I I want him to save my life and then some advice to me. I know. Oh, I told him I was gonna start. I told him I was gonna start setting fires, and he was like, "That's not what I respond to." <laughs> i also feel like jess was kind of different in the first episode than she like eventually ends up being although that's probably by design right like who you are right after you find out you've been cheated on is not who you are right (laughs) not to be profound or anything (laughs) i don't know have you I, i i've never been cheated on at least to my knowledge um my first ever boyfriend when i was in high school um i never heard from him that he cheated on me but i did hear from other people after we broke up that he had cheated on me so um, um i have but been... you never like jess style like caught him in the act or anything no no but i remember like one, I was, like, a sophomore in high school, and I was, like, in the drama classroom, and I was, like, talking about, like, my breakup with, like, my f- my friend, and he was, like, oh, when did you guys break up? And I was, like, oh, this day, and he was, like, oh, and I was, like, what? <laughs> and I was basically, like, oh, like, some shit was going down before that with, like, this other girl, and I was, like, <laughs> like of course. This one time? <laughs> I don't count this as cheating, because all the the terms that we children were using were very vague, but I think I was a junior in high school. I was dating this guy. Or, I thought I was dating this guy. And (laughs) I guess he thought he was dating this other girl, but it was all sort of this, like, displaced love triangle, where, like, I was into him, and he was into this girl, and this girl was into absolutely nobody. She was a badass. And so this all comes to a head at my cross-country camp. Wherein, um, I learn there's this, like, exercise where you have to run in pairs, and I learn that the person that I'm running with is a transfer student from, uh, the district across town, and that she is the girl that my, the, the girl, the guy that I think that I'm dating thinks he's dating. And it, dude, the whole weekend just became about that, and it was so uncomfortable. And I was like... <laughs> I shouldn't have had as much... I, I was, like, inserting myself in a situation that I probably should not have been inserting myself <laughs> in. But also, we had been on a few dates, so I was like, well, like, who are you? I don't, It was just a... It was a strange time to end up on the same cross-country team as somebody that... Uh, <laughs> you thought you were competing for a man's attention for, so... Wow. <laughs> I think it's the closest I've been to being cheated on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. It was, like for both of us in high school and not, like, a major, yeah. not, like, a major relationship. Poor Jess. <laughs> not, like, it really mattered, yeah. <laughs> Poor uh, Jess. I couldn't imagine that happening. Oh, my God. If Kyle, I, I, came home. First of all, I couldn't imagine Kyle with anyone else. Well, Kyle like... would never. <laughs> no. And I would kill him if he did. Sorry, Kyle. Well, so many, so many people would, I think. <laughs> I think if anything, I come home and I get jealous that Kyle's cuddling with the cat because the cat won't cuddle with me. Yeah, I do think that a lot of Jess's changes too have to do with the way that she is changed by the guys. I feel like her relationship with her boyfriend is very like there's a certain version of Jess that Jess feels like she has to be, but then when she's with Coach and and Schmidt and Nick and eventually Winston, it's just like a totally she gets to be more herself. Well, who can't relate to that? I mean, like. You know how good it feels when you find, like, a group of people that just, like, make you feel really good about being yourself. Like, even if that happens later in life than high school or middle school or whatever, people think it should happen. Like, I think a group of friends that you make and find, like, can help you find the best version of yourself. And that's sort of one of the central theses of this, this show, at least so far. What'd you think of the second episode? That's, uh, where oh, she... Oh, that's the basketball one. The... Where she... Where he, she goes and gets the TV back at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... It, <laughs> the... The part that I've... I started crying laughing at in this episode is where she meets him at the park and fucking no rain I knew you were gonna say that I knew you were gonna say that (laughs) and he cuts off right and she sits down and looks at him I had to pause and I was laughing so hard at that some some, some of the needle drops in this are so funny but that that got me like (laughs) i feel like that song is like the ultimate like douchebag like it's the ultimate like feel good like sad song but it's the ultimate also the ultimate like douchebag (laughs) ex-boyfriend song i'm (laughs) like well i cheated on you shrug you know (laughs) with the hair too she keeps talking about the hair (laughs) do you ever date anybody with long hair um no actually I mean, me Thomas started to have longer hair toward the end of our relationship, but not really. I, I had a crush throughout high school on this guy that had really long hair, but I don't think he knew I existed. Now <laughs> Kyle's got long hair, but he won't let me do anything with it. But it's like, it's, you know, it's just starting to be, like, long, you know. I not love long not hair. quite this guy. What's his name? What was their ex's name? Oh, um, Spencer not quite spencer you know <laughs> magnitude but it's getting there <laughs> i love a long-haired man i um Same. i would love to Long, one day hair oh mm. wow chef's kiss thirst trap for oh. both of us <laughs> on men <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll definitely reveal our bisexuality very soon oh yeah it's coming <gasps> i mean if you guys haven't picked up on that yet <laughs> yeah god i i think this episode is so funny um the biggest laugh that got me this time around watching it was um when schmidt slaps him in the face (laughs) and he says you got some schmidt on your face There are such great lines between nick and schmidt i just (laughs) oh i keep wanting to spoil things for you but i can't i can't (laughs) The way that they roast each other is just so not only accurate to how friends behave, but it also just tells such a specific story of their relationship (laughs) that I'm excited to get to, like, (laughs) see Um, how they continue interacting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Their relationship is so fun. Um, I don't think it's spoiling anything to tell you that soon there will be some flashbacks to them in college that are very delightful. <laughs> um, I'm so hyped. My favorite part, and I didn't watch all of How I Met Your Mother, but I did watch some of it. The best part of How I Met Your Mother was the college flashbacks where he's, like, <laughs> listening to the man that walked 500 miles and all that. <laughs> like, I can only imagine what these characters were doing in college. <laughs> oh, my God. Get ready. It also... Always makes me feel happy to see, like, college friends hang out, even in fictional shows, because, like, I'm the most attached to my college friends, I think, and so I like to think our friendship will be lasting in some way. It will. Even if we're not all living together as single men. You mean we won't be? <laughs> it just reminds me so much of being... Like in in, in Marion on those nights with with Henry and Micah and Sam and you and just like smoking weed and <laughs> doing dumb shit. Just doing bits the <laughs> whole time and just just <laughs> Or the, the weird we just... shenanigans we would get into. Like I I'm watching New Girl and being, like, the episode in our lives when, like, Sarah wanted to buy a Ouija board, and Micah was like, don't bring that into my house, and we did bring it into the house, and we, like, met the ghost, like, that would make a great episode. (laughs) Or or the episode in our lives where they put a baby pool in Micah's room, (laughs) Or do you remember all those times we played the door game and then they <laughs> tore the shower curtain down by accident? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I could never forget. I love it sh- when shows like this, and I think the other shows that I like grew up loving, like uh, that '70s show and like The Office and stuff like that, all came from such like rich details from somebody's life. Like they all made you feel like you were living part of this friend group or you are living like part of these like shenanigans and no time do i feel that that is more important than now and sort of many shenanigans are barred like or or there's a lot of distance between friends and i don't know you sort of have to rely on memory as well as like what you're doing now to to keep yourself sane (laughs) yeah and also in that way it's kind of the perfect quarantine is in quotes because like both of us are essential workers so like what is quarantine but um right (laughs) um COVID life I guess is a better way to put it is like I feel like this new girl is is such a, a great watch for this time because I mean while they are like going out and doing stuff it is so centered in the home and it's so much about like what you and the people that you are, like, in your home get up to in your home, and, um, I feel like that makes it really relatable right now. Definitely. And you and I were talking before we recorded about, like, not really knowing that, me, at least, the novice, not knowing that it was supposed to take place in LA and not San Francisco I knew it was supposed to be in California somewhere but I think sort of the ambiguity of like keeping the show so centered in their apartment and so centered in like their group of friends and so like keeping it like in sort of its own world away from our world like it still is anchored in like pop culture references and stuff like that like that like kind of dated in 2013 or, or 2014 or whatever But it's sort of, like, timelessness in, like, a modern regard makes it easy to watch now. Because it's, like, it's not like there are many overly political themes to pick up on in this. It's just themes of friendship and love and support and... embracing yourself with the support of your friends. Which is I think what everyone needs right now. (laughs) Yeah. The the showrunner, (laughs) Elizabeth Merriweather, you know that I've done a lot of research about New Girl. I love it. Um has like said before that a lot of this is based on like experiences that she had as like a young Artist in LA and like with living with like random people all the time, like Craigslist roommates that you would live with for like three months while you were just like looking for a place to stay. And I love that it like starts in that place um, because I was thinking upon watching. The second episode, this time around, about how long she thinks that she's going to live there. Like, they never say it, but Mm -hmm. there's, like, sort of this idea that when she goes back to get her stuff, like, Spencer's like, oh, like, you should find a better place to live. And, like, she doesn't necessarily say no. She's just like, no, like, I love these guys. I like living here. I don't know. I I think that's an no, interesting it's, idea. It's all about that found family. Like you, She just knew right away that this was somewhere that she was... Not even that she knew she would fit in, but to somewhere that she felt accepted. And like that, I feel like, is the most important thing when you're considering your living situation. Because I've lived with a lot of people, a lot of my friends, that I haven't been compatible with. A lot of people that I haven't gotten along with that I have been compatible like living situations with and it's just all about whether you feel comfortable in your living situation or not and feel like you have room to like put down roots and start to grow totally so what do you think of the third episode the wedding the third episode well it was uh it's always fun to like go back to something that you've like vaguely seen before and see people you recognize So seeing, like, the girl, um, Caroline is the girl, uh, the waitress from It's Always Sunny is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that's the girl that's ruining Nick's life, like. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of fun, um, just, like, a lot of fun. They have really great guest stars and, and, like, side characters that are played by, like, amazing people that you're like, oh my god, it's hilarious that that person is playing this. Oh. And uh, this is, like, the first episode that, like, Winston is really, like, a part of the group in it, right? Like, unless I'm getting it confused with the second episode. I Well, the second episode is when he comes back from Latvia, which we should talk about. <laughs> <laughs> right, he was, a, he was a professional basketball player in Latvia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we can talk about that now. It's just so funny to me. But also, like, I, again, looked it up, and, like, that's, like, not uncommon that, like, kids from the United States who are, like, good athletes but, like, might not be good enough to, like, go pro in America will, like, go pro overseas. Holy shit. (laughs) But I love that it's Latvia, and they have the joke where Schmidt's, like, the team mascot was just a fig. (laughs) I wish that I could have been good enough in any sport to be recruited by any country. To be paid for it. My (laughs) friend, she got some scholarship to college for rowing. She never even did that before. She just sat in the back of the boat and and yelled, like, stroke, or whatever commands that they yell in rowing, and she got a scholarship for that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I sort of wish some Eastern European country was like, hey, you're good enough at this. Like, come on. (laughs) I know deep down that I'm not good enough at any sport to be paid for it though so it's it's honestly okay <laughs> yeah the only C I ever got not to brag about having good grades on Maine right now but like <laughs> the only time I ever got a C in anything was in gym class in the sixth grade <laughs> oh no why <laughs> because I just didn't try I was like I know no one's gonna pass me the ball like I like to play sports but that doesn't mean I'm good at it so I'm <laughs> i'm just gonna sit down right now do you know when i got an a in gym what'd you do i went into a really old-fashioned school and i did not participate in anything other than climb the rope and i climbed the rope all the way to the top so they gave me an a even though i literally sat on the sidelines of dodgeball the entire time you climbed the rope all the way to the top I did. In seventh grade, I did climb the rope all the way to the top. I had freakish upper arm strength until apparently last year. <laughs> I am so impressed. That's what made me a good shop worker was my freakish upper arm strength. My mom really always encouraged me to lift heavy things for her, and I think that contributed to me being a strong middle schooler. <laughs> Whoa. I I'm really blown away right now because there was always like only one person who could climb the rope at my school and it was See, you they, at your school. <laughs> so so at my school they it was like you had a chance to climb the rope in gym class. But then they would just kind of like leave the rope hanging down in the gym and there was two gyms. There was like the gym that we ate lunch in and the gym that we had gym class in so they would just leave the rope down so like if you were bored during lunch you could go try to climb the rope so you know if you don't have friends like, <laughs> you got those LeBron James 10,000 hours in you, you can get real strong <laughs> climb the rope and the only C I got was in chemistry so <laughs> <laughs> there were some close calls for me including chemistry Dude, I don't know what it was about math and science, but I just couldn't do it. I just I was bad at it. I had to take algebra, or I had not algebra, I had to take geometry twice. <laughs> I always really liked math, but I did not like science. I liked it yeah. in theory, but I was never good at it. Especially on the ACT, and that wasn't even science. <laughs> no, oh my god. Standardized testing, another. We could do a whole episode about that. <laughs> Uh, all my coworkers are in high school, so they've all been talking about the ACT, so I've got that on the brain, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say, <laughs> to get back to, <laughs> I would say that Winston, like, he is a part of the group in the second episode, but that's when he and Schmidt are having, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, that's when they're having the weird, like, fight about who's the top dog. I think, yeah, that is. And they're, like, tr- trying to fight over the room. Yeah. So I feel like by the third episode, it-, it is really, like, solidified that everyone's back. He's, like, an usher at the wedding. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> the usher at the wedding. He just takes it so seriously. <laughs> oh, I love his rivalry with that kid, too. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> I feel like in the other episodes that i've seen of this show winston like exists as part of the group but more than anybody he also exists just on his own in the world and i so love that i love his relationship with the cutie nannies and just like <laughs> everybody else that he encounters i hope winston gets a happy ending i'm rooting for him <laughs> i won't spoil anything <laughs> Um, And it's not just because I identify with (laughs) him. As the weirdest one. I'm rooting for the characters I don't identify with, too. (laughs) Alright, well, of all the three first episodes, what was your favorite... What were a couple of your favorite Jess moments? I liked her finally standing up to Spencer. And, like, all of the guys kind of one by one coming out of the car at the end to support her in their own individual way. I don't know, but her like finally like being like, "Hey, this is cuz I don't know about you, but I like of all my exes, I never had a chance to like stare them down and tell me what tell them what they did wrong or like, you know, get closure in the way that she got closure in that. And I really I really respect her for that. I I uh I think it takes a big person to like assert your worth first to somebody that like has been such an integral part of that feeling for a long time, and so I think that whole exchange, also her just breaking the TV in general, was was really funny. <laughs> and I relate to I related to that and being like, oh, everyone always invites me thinking I'll be fun, and then I just break everything. <laughs> <laughs> I just ruin, I ruin the bit, I ruin the improv, I break the TV, like, <laughs> both things, standing up for herself and also ruining everything are things that I empathize with and relate to, so. <laughs> yeah, that's probably my favorite moment, too, because, like, I love, yeah, I love that she does stand up for herself in the end, but then, like, she says, suck it, Mr. Krabs. Yeah. <laughs> And I just love that. I relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Someday when we write a sitcom, we're gonna have so many fucking Spongebob and and other references in it. It'll just be second nature to people that watch. (laughs) Alright, um, favorite Schmidt moment? Oh god, Schmidt? Well, LLS. LLS, (laughs) Ladies love Schmidt. (laughs) god there are so many <laughs> there are so many and oh, the girl from Russian Doll is in the third episode as his ex Yep, She's, that's pretty wild <laughs> my I feel like my favorite is between three the LLS and the, the part when he slaps him in the face and he says you have some schmidt on your face but also underrated moment <laughs> Is when he's, like, going through, or when he's, like, you can borrow some clothes from my lost and found, and, like, is giving Jess clothes from, like, oh, girls yeah. he slept with, and he, like, pulls out, like, a hair extension, and he goes, Rosh Hashanah, 06, nothing yeah. orthodox about what we did that night. His lost and found is, I forgot that was in those three episodes, that's... He's got like t-shirts from like 2003 in there. Like, favorite Nick moment. Oh, oh, just Nick being hung up on Caroline is my favorite. I know it's not. It's it's not ideal that he's this hung up on a girl, but oh my god, he's just so like he just. Like some of the other characters in the show, hasn't realized his full potential as a character yet, and is sort of stewing in in a breakup in the wake of that, and and that's- it's so funny, he just doesn't realize some of the things about himself that he's trying to justify. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I- I think the moment... Oh, so Caroline's a bitch, though, but, you know what I mean... <laughs> True. <laughs> um, the moment when he is, like, crying on the phone with her, or, like, to, like, her voicemail, and he's wearing her sweater. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, a bottle of Jack next to him. Huh. I, uh, I didn't realize this, but I had been most familiar with, uh his name's jake johnson mm-hmm. right yeah i have been most familiar with jake johnson's voice as the voice of peter b parker in spider-man uh into the spider-verse yes <laughs> and so knowing that that's where his career ends up I'm i'm very happy about the casting of jake johnson in this role i'm excited to see what he can do with zoe Deschanel chanel here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, not to spoil anything for potential listeners, but you know that what ends up happening with, with Jess and Nick, did you did you see any hints toward that in these first few episodes? Um, I can see, like, maybe some preliminary tension in that, like, she's definitely not going to end up with Coach or Schmidt, <laughs> but there's a possibility that she may end up with Nick. At least it, that is at least in the first episode that's like the that's the impression that i get i feel like they might also pull a community and like make them both end up with different people i'm excited i'm excited to see where it goes <laughs> so many of the characters like remind me of our like the people that we hang out with the most and like the we talk to the most so it's like gonna be interesting to see who these like tv writers think should end up with each other you know <laughs> <Like. laughs> cause some friend drama we'll be like oh does this mean that me and micah have to date i'm kidding i'm gonna make kyle and julia date tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> favorite winston moment just in the... Uh, I, got, I can't get this mixed up with, like, later Winston moments. I think just him is the usher, right? That's gotta be the best Winston moment in these first three episodes. Because I don't really like... I, I mean, him and Schmidt, like, him versus Schmidt, like, you know, it's just tension to... you They gotta establish the status quo or whatever. But, like, once he starts fucking... <laughs> I don't know. That... Him at the wedding was just my, it was just, like, when I knew I was in love with the character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, when he does the, um, the dance-off with the kid, and they're, like, oh. I love that so much. Do you have any favorite Coach or CC moments? I feel like they didn't have a lot to do in these first three episodes, but... Yeah, I guess just CC like... Being in the car with all those guys that she didn't know when Jess was like, I guess that was like what I when I thought about CC the most in these first three episodes was like when she was with them, when she was confronting Spencer because I was like, oh, she's just there to like ride or die for her girl and she doesn't care who she's in the car with. But like, it's fun that she'll end up being like good friends with them. Hopefully, I'm predicting later on she'll be good friends with all of the guys um that she just was like ready she was just like ready to go for Jess just it didn't matter who she was with I uh gotta be honest I don't remember many coach moments from the first three episodes that could just be my inexperience no I yeah he's only in the first episode and I think he has that he has that really great moment where where they're talking to each other in her bedroom um but then <laughs> I just thought of this when they um come to the restaurant at the end of the pilot and they're singing um the time of my life to her <laughs> and coach like starts singing he's like oh there are bears in my house <laughs> he doesn't know the words <laughs> fan of that but yeah I hope at some point to see Coach and Winston interact because I feel like they'll be a fun pair. But uh, for now, I'm happy to have Winston. Winston, he's a uh, he's special. <laughs> <laughs> all right, favorite, he's his own person. Favorite moment overall from all three episodes. Uh, so what's coming to mind? I don't I don't know that this is my favorite moment overall. But what's coming to mind is when Cece first shows up in the apartment. And she's just sitting there, and all three of them are just, like, staring at her and, like, asking her questions while, like, Jess is getting ready in the bedroom. And she's just, like, looking back at him, and they're all just, like, in awe of her. That was just, that's funny to remember. (laughs) It sets a good precedent for how they regard her character and, like, what she's gotta overcome. I think my favorite moment is when... They're at the wedding and they start doing the the slow chicken dance with the pecs to, to that to that song. Uh, what song is it? It's like it's like the the groovy kind of love. I don't know what the song is actually called, but it's like baby, you and me got a groovy kind of love, and they're like doing the chicken dance. That just so reminds me of of our friends and like something that we would do like if it just like if someone got too drunk at a party and then like okay you had to like take care of your friend there was some drama but like now this good song is on so we're gonna like cheer everyone up by doing something ridiculous and like loving each other it makes my heart warm oh, I miss uh, both group gatherings and our group of friends so <laughs> That moment definitely warms my heart in a different kind of way this time. Yeah. Do you have any predictions for what might happen next? So, I think, I mean, there's tension between Nick and Jess. I'll give it that. Um, I'm gonna predict... I think Caroline's gonna come back mess some stuff up. Okay, that's a good prediction. Uh, I think Caroline's gonna come back and mess some stuff up. I feel like they might bring Spencer back once, but, like, they made such, like, a big deal of her standing up to him that he won't be, like, a serious, like, he'll just be kind of, like, a joke. And I think that's it. I'm, I think those are the predictions that I'm going to make at this, at this juncture. Sure. <laughs> well, great. Is there anything else we gotta, we, we should talk about? Let me look at our notes. <laughs> I guess that my question would be was would be to how how to get an apartment that nice in Los Angeles. (laughs) I know there's that's one thing that always like always think about because like he they always talk about how broke Nick is and like he's like bartending and like you make money bartending but I was like, how are they affording an apartment like that and like no one's ever like dude Nick didn't pay his rent or like Jess is a teacher, right. Right, she's a teacher. She doesn't get paid shit. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Schmidt is, like, a marketing executive. Like, obviously he's making so much more than the rest of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so strange, but so delightful for the dynamic. Yeah, I sa- I, I predicted they will not acknowledge the wage gap between the four roommates. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of gave that away, but you're right, they never do. <laughs> well... Are we watching the next three episodes for next week? Yeah, we'll have three more episodes and an hour more of fun for for everyone to, to awesome. listen in on. <laughs> Hannah, are you like watching or reading anything else right now that you're you wanna talk about? Well, funny you should ask, and <laughs> reading. <laughs> I'm reading a book called A Place for Everything, The History of Alphabetical Order. And if you are interested in history or reference material at all, I would highly recommend it. It uh, helps explain a lot of why a lot of the modern world is organized the way that it is, which is pretty cool. Um, And I've also been watching the HBO original The Flight Attendant, which um, I don't know if you've watched that. I have. I love it. Yeah, Steve Yaki, who is a playwright, he wrote The Planet Cycle, which I haven't read personally, but Kyle has read and speaks very highly of, developed this series with Kaylee Cuoco, and it's... I'm only on episode five, but it's it's pretty good so far. I'm interested to see where it ends up. It's very uh, James, Bo- James Bond slash noir but sort of from a woman's perspective, which makes it more fun, so... We recommend those two things if you're looking for something to read and watch. Also been listening to the song Claire de Lune by Debussy, which I've been trying to learn on the piano, so (laughs) listen listen to that if you need inner peace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good Rex! I I love The Flight Attendant. I watched it all in like a day, and then I also read the book in, like, two days. <laughs> I okay. consumed I see, all the I, need, I need to get on the book. <laughs> I can send you my copy. <laughs> I was just gonna be like, you could borrow it, but we live across the country. You um, <laughs> live so far away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been reading this book in my own words. It's a bunch of, it's a collection of different writings and speeches by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, oh. It's just... So beautiful and inspiring. Um, I love it. I haven't been watching a lot recently. Um, actually, I guess that's not true. Um, Jillian and I have been doing a Lucy Liu marathon. Uh, we've been yeah, trying to that's watch. Awesome. Yeah, we've been trying to watch all of her movies. And so we recently watched Kung Fu Panda. Uh, <laughs> nice. Which Is she in Kung Fu Panda? She is. She plays the voice of the snake. <laughs> She's not the tiger? No, the tiger is Angelina Jolie, which is so- I could get into the fact that all of the white actors have a lot more lines than the Asian actors, but I digress, um- so we've been watching that, Why don't and I we watch Kung Fu Panda soon. <laughs> it's delightful. Um, also, I my... feel like I haven't watched it since I was like twelve. <laughs> um, and my roommate and I, she's never seen any Star Wars movies, so we've been watching, rewatching Star Wars. We watched the original trilogy, and now we're gonna start watching the prequels this week. So, always a I delightful love watching re-watch. something even something that I've seen as many times as Star Wars with somebody who's never seen it because I always feel like I'm watching it for the first time. But so I bet that's fun to just, like, watch Star Wars sort of from the first time, even though you've seen it, obviously, so many times. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, my God. When when Han and Leia first kissed, she was like, uh, and I was like, same! I love you. I know. My, my, anyway, My little heart does beat. <laughs> Well, everybody, thanks for listening. This was not another New Girl podcast. Thank you so much. (laughs) We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. See you next time.